brought into play. Do I believe that the Lord literally has a black book that He writes down all the, the, the wicked things or the wrong things that men do? Not a literal book. God, in His omniscience, does not need a ledger to contain comments and notes about your deeds and actions. This is what we call anthropomorphic language. It is God speaking in the language of men. But it does tell us that God will exercise His omniscience, His ability to recall every scrap of information and lay it on the table as evidence by which He will judge the nation. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. We're on the air again to bring you the gospel of our Lord Jesus. We're continuing the study of the second coming of the Lord, dealing with the judgment day. This really is the wrap-up of our messages on this theme, and I hope that already the Lord has spoken to your heart and you've considered your own need of being ready for that day when all men shall stand before Christ when the righteous will be brought as sheep before the Lord, placed at his right hand. But the goats, the wicked, will be placed at the Lord's left hand. Let me read to you these words from Matthew chapter 25. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Today we conclude this series of the Second Coming with our final part of the message on the Judgment Day, the day when all will stand before Christ, and they shall be declared, and they shall be destined to either heaven or hell, to be with Christ or to be with Satan in everlasting doom. I hope today you'll stay tuned as we bring this message from Matthew 25. That brings us thirdly to the wicked of this world. They also will not stand in the judgment day. We're going back now to Matthew 25. We're going to look at verse 32, and we're going to take that term, all nations. All nations. Which means each single person in the world. We know that each son of Adam has an appointment with death. And Hebrews 9.27 says that after death, the judgment. That's the appointment that is made for each and every soul. And those who have not the seal of God on their foreheads, now we talk about the mark of the beast, the mark of Antichrist, that's the wicked. They have a mark of their rebellion against God. But the righteous also have a seal on their foreheads. Revelation 6 tells us this. And those who do not have that mark on their foreheads, they are seeking death, but cannot find it. 
That means that they will attempt at all costs to end their lives by some kind of suicide or annihilation. They will cry out that the rocks may fall upon them and cover them from the face of the wrath of the Lamb, but that will not be answered. And the wicked will be dragged to the great judgment throne, and every man, woman, boy and girl will stand before that throne and give account. We're told in Revelation that the books will be opened. There are a number of books that referred to. There are the book of words, works, and thoughts. Let's perhaps read that uh, passage. I don't want to uh, give a wrong impression here. Revelation 20 and verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Books, plural. The book of our works, the book of our words, the book of our thoughts. Now, all of this really teaches us that God's omniscience is going to be brought into play. Do I believe that the Lord literally has a black book that He writes down all the, the, the wicked things or the wrong things that men do? not a literal book. God, in His omniscience, does not need a ledger to contain comments and notes about your deeds and actions. This is what we call anthropomorphic language. It is God speaking in the language of men. But it does tell us that God will exercise His omniscience, His ability to recall every scrap of information and lay it on the table as evidence by which he will judge the nations. I brought with me tonight a little gadget. And here it is. It is what we call in the computer world a thumb drive. It's a little SanDisk 16, oh sorry, it's 8 gigabyte external drive. Plug it into your computer. When I was in Singapore, I thought my laptop was going to die. I had a problem with the electrical current over there just to get an, and, and somehow I thought that it was giving me such problems that I thought I'm going to lose everything. So I went out and I bought this. And I plugged it into my laptop and I backed up every scrap of vital information I have and put it on this. And it's only about half full. I have 10 years of preaching notes on this little gadget, and it's only half full. I have all kinds of correspondence. I have all kinds of details in this. Some of it's worthless, but when you're backing up, then you just back up everything in a hurry. Now, if man can produce a little tiny gadget that can contain the words, the notes, the details, and for my sake, it's over a decade of information on this, is it beyond God in His omniscience to recall all the details of a man's life from day one to the end? And when it speaks here in Revelation 20 that the books will be opened, and then the book of life is separate, it's simply telling us that not a thing is going to be missed. And you will give account of every work, every word, and every thought. Now, the thoughts come into this. It tells us 
In Romans 2.16, Paul said, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. When God will judge the secrets of men, things that you've never told a being, God will lay them out on that day. Herod, Pilate, Judas, and all those who would destroy and deny the Lord Jesus will give account, and so shall we. The nations will be processed in, in lightning speed. Records of lifetimes will flash before men's eyes. We can't even begin to imagine how descriptive, how illustrative, how detailed in that spiritual world our earthly lives will appear. And then it says in Revelation 20:12 that the book of life will be opened. What's that? The book of life. Well, we know this is not just apocalyptic language. Paul the Apostle talked about a, a person whose name was in the book of life. Uh, Help those women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. That's Philippians. And Paul talked about believers, saints, whose names are in the book of life. And so it is important on that day that your name appear there. It's important that on that day that your name is recorded in the book of life, and you will be judged according to that eternal record. And there will be no mistake. There will be no fading of the ink. There will be no dispute. Oh, it's there, but it's just very faint. No, it will be clear and evident to all that your name is not recorded. Make sure tonight that you're ready for the judgment day. There's only one way to have those records blotted out, and that's under the blood of Christ. Someone prayed in our prayer meeting tonight that when our sins are forgiven, they are cast out as far as the east is from the west. They never return. And praise God for the Christian at the judgment throne. We don't meet our sins. We don't meet our sins. But for the wicked, the ungodly, who are exposed to everything, there will be no cover-up. It will be evident that you're guilty before God. Then our next point is that the material things of earth will not stand in the judgment day. 2 Peter 3.10 tells us that it's going to be destroyed by fire. And again, that is part of the final judgment upon this world. The very curse that is upon this world has to be removed. And Romans tells us that the earth groans and longs for the day of redemption when the curse that is upon the very earth itself will be removed. Now, that doesn't mean that the earth's going to be obliterated and destroyed out of existence. But certainly everything that's on the face of the earth will be destroyed. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth are passed away. And so those things in this world upon which so many place their hopes, their comforts, and their delights will become as ashes on that day. When the Lord returns in the clouds of glory, His very brightness and His, His appearance shall set this world ablaze. Cities, prairies, the ships on the seas, the very water in the seas will become as a boiling cauldron, and this globe shall be an inferno. Nothing 
will survive. And on that day, it will certainly be true what the Lord Jesus said, that a man's life consisteth not in the things which he possesseth. And no matter what men own, no matter what bunker they may try to run to, there will be no hiding from the final judgment that is upon the earth. That brings us to the message of hope tonight. Only the righteous will stand in the judgment day. Those who are redeemed and washed in the blood of Christ will enter into the new heavens and the new earth. When trials and troubles surround you, the road seems eternally long. Your life seems a meaningless wasted way, and everything seems to go wrong. To wander in helpless confusion can lead you to given us this wonderful clear picture of the sheep and the goat divided one to the right hand the other to the left on that judgment day when we stand before the bema seat when the lord will declare all the deeds the words the thoughts of men when the books will be opened and sinners will be declared fit for destruction and saints washed in the blood of jesus clothed in his perfect righteousness will be invited to enter into glory. What a wonderful day it will be to be a Christian. It will be the greatest, greatest thing to be born again, saved by grace, washed in the blood, and ready for eternal life. I trust that as you have tuned in and joined with us on the program today, that you would consider your own need of the Lord as your Savior. The need is urgent. Men die every hour, every minute of every day, and you need to be saved. The Lord Jesus invites you to come and hide and be washed in his precious blood, to know his powerful salvation, that you will on that resurrection and judgment day be brought as the sheep into the presence of the kingdom of God. Right now, because you are born in sin and live in sin, You're not ready for heaven in spite of what men say. 
all men are not ready for heaven. If that was the case, the Lord Jesus would have never come into the world. The gospel would never be needed because men would find their own way to heaven. But because men are lost, Paul said, because if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. This is the great missionary thrust, puts passion into our souls for your soul. And my heart today goes out to you that you might come and close with Christ to be saved from your sin, to be washed, to be cleansed, to be given eternal life. Stay tuned with us in the second part of the program as we deal with the judgment day. Are you ready? May the Lord speak to your heart. Now, back in Matthew 25, let's get back to what our Lord Jesus said in this passage and uh, rejoice that there is, while there is the destruction of the goats and they're sent into utter darkness, there is the mercy, the uh, life, and uh, the giving of life to the righteous, to the sheep. We're told in verse 32, Before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. A kingdom prepared already. It's not of this world. It's a different kind of kingdom. And you'll notice here that this kingdom of righteousness is reserved for God's own people. You'll notice also that it is inherited. Verse 34, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom. Now when you inherit something, you don't work for it. It's not because of your good works, not because of your good living. It's because of an endowment because of an inheritance passed on. And the Christian who is converted in heart and is an heir of God's grace will do exactly what we're told here. They will protest and say, but we're not worthy. And we read here uh, that the, for I was unhungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and so on. Verse 37 then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw thee we hungered, and fed thee or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And so these who are invited to come into the kingdom, they say, but we're not worthy. And that's the mark of every true convert. That is the concern of everyone that is truly the Lord's child. Can I make my claim to eternal life on the basis of grace? And of course, we are told here, they did not earn, they did not deserve this because of works, but rather because of faith. The righteous have nothing to fear on the judgment day. That's really the message that we have here. Even those who go through life and perhaps they search their own hearts and they wonder, am I good enough? Could I truly be the Lord's child? Could I be ready for heaven? And we're told in John 5, 24, that such shall not come into condemnation. Now, the wicked, they're different. 
The wicked, they're just the opposite of saying, I'm not worthy. They begin to expostulate and to say, did we not do this? Did we not do that? How come we are heading for destruction? And in verse 40, the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto me, unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. And then shall he say also unto them on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. And verse 44, Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered? or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? You'll notice those who have no heart for God, no thought of God, no desire for God, they throw up their hands in protest and said, what have we done wrong? And the Christian, the believer who is saved by grace, he throws up his arms and says, what have we done right to deserve that we may be worthy to walk in white and enter into the kingdom of God. And so you see the two total different attitudes, one of faith and the other of blindness of heart. But the Christian has nothing to fear on the day of judgment. I think the greatest passage in the Bible to read, if you ever are fearful about the judgment day, is Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And then later down that passage, it goes on to ask many questions. Who shall lay any charge to God's elect? It is Christ that died. It goes on to ask, Shall anything separate us from the love of God? And it answers, Nothing, neither life nor death, nor power, nor principality, nor persecution, nor sword, nor any other thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And then the righteous shall be given rewards, wonderful rewards for everything that they have done in Jesus' name. The judgment day will be an announcement not only of men's destinies, but of rewards, of what use we have made of our talents and our time and our opportunities, and not even a cup of cold water that is given in Jesus' name will go unrewarded. Paul taught about building upon the foundation which is Christ and not upon wood, hay, and stubble, those things that will be burned up. There are many things in this world that will be burned up on the judgment day. But there are things that shall endure. They are the precious stones that shall endure the fire. And when you serve the Lord Jesus, and when you give your time and you give your talents, you give yourself to the service of the Lord Jesus, you are laboring for the kingdom and the rewards that will never perish. And every little sacrifice you make for the cause of the Lord Jesus and his kingdom will be rewarded in multiplied fashion. There are men who make their fortune in this world, and on the judgment day it will be burned up. There are those who have little or nothing of this world, but they are rich toward 
God. They lay up treasure toward God. That brings me to the statement of C.T. Studd, only one life to live will soon be passed. Only what's done for Jesus will last. As I looked up that quote of C.T. Studd, I discovered this question. How would you live if you knew you had one year to live? Just one year left. One year in which to serve the Lord. How would you change things? How would you adjust your life? What would you give the priority to? if you knew you had 12 months in this world. I think we should live all the time with that mindset. And I would ask you to think tonight and dwell and meditate much upon how you're going to stand in the judgment day. Firstly, are you saved? Are you in Christ? There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. That's the first question. Secondly, are you in your life laying up treasure for heaven? Or are the things that you're doing just going to be burned up with everything else on the face of this earth and count for nothing, wood, hay, stubble? Think of what you're going to do tomorrow, what you're going to do through this week. Will any of it count on the judgment day? Boys and girls, what are you going to do with your lives? What are the decisions are you making for the future? Always make them in light of the judgment day when the Lord shall return and you'll stand before that great white throne and answer what you've done with your life. Thank you for giving yourself to these weeks of study on this subject. I hope it will help us all to live for eternity each and every day. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast, and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music